Hi, I'm Lydia with Revelation Real Estate, and today in Solving Life's Next Chapter, we have Francisco with Keystone Law Firm. Thanks for coming. My absolute pleasure. <laughs> so we have worked a lot together, and I value your opinion, and I refer all of my probates and guardianships to you and estate planning. So we're going to talk about probate, guardianships, and estate planning. So let's start with probate first. So tell uh, us. I know. <laughs> nobody wants to hear about probate. Nobody wants to, but unfortunately, we, we have to talk about it. So yeah. give us kind of the the easiest way of what is probate. Probate, probate. Um, so the first thing everybody should probably knows about probate is that it's something that happens after people die. Right. Right. So um, as a as an estate planning attorney, we get calls, you know, mom or dad passed away. Right. And what do we do? Right. Sometimes, not all the time, sometimes things will get stuck. And it's only when something is stuck in mom or dad's name, there wasn't mm-hmm. a beneficiary, there wasn't a joint co-owner, you know, there wasn't okay. some type of right of survivorship. Right. That then... If that happens, then that that bank account or that piece of real estate will get frozen. Essentially, nobody right. can tr- nobody can transfer out of the bank. Nobody can sell the house. Right. You know, they go to sell the house. They get it in a contract, and the title company says, "Oh, this was in mom or dad's name." <laughs> yep. You know, and then they go. What, I, I hear that a lot. <laughs> you hear that a lot, right? And what what we see, is, a lot of folks are like, "Well, no, I've got a will." You know, they they'll turn that into the bank. They'll yep. turn it into the title company, and. Immediately, those institutions, they'll come back and they'll say, we need, you know, because they're reading their policy book, they'll, th- we need a letter of testamentary appointed something from the court. Yep. That's probate. Yep. So um, that kind of brings me to another question for you. So is it true that if someone has a will without a trust that it still will go or could go into probate. And the reason why I ask that is a lot of my clients, when I get the call, they say, no, I've got everything under control, but then all they have is a will. So how does that work? It's, uh, you know, we we help you do too. A lot of clients that are kind of from Midwest or, you know, from other states where things are simpler. You know, there are some states where things are simpler and you know, a really basic, simple will is all you need. Right. Okay. Um, and, you know, you can take care of your family that way and keep things organized. In Arizona, it just isn't that way. Okay. Uh, if all you have, if you have nothing, right, if you don't have a will, if you don't have a trust, then probate is going to be the system that's right. used to take care of your affairs, okay. which may or may not be what you want. Um, if all you have is a will. Right. In Arizona, the only way to get that will to work after you die, to, to do what you want, is right. for your family to actually file it in probate and get it approved by the judge. Okay. Spend a bunch of money, spend a bunch of time with lawyers, which nobody, everybody wants to avoid, right. avoid us lawyers, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Um, <laughs> I don't, take, I don't and... take offense to that. It's just, you know, <laughs> we're, you want to, you want to avoid it. They have to go through court and have to get all that stuff approved and okay. documented. And then it's like a six to 12 month process right. that they got to deal with. Right. Um, but yeah, if all you've got is a will, that's kind of what the, okay. your family's going to go through. So the probate courts are the ones that actually, they take whatever documentation you have, and then they try to decipher on what the deceased wanted with that will, basically. Or if they don't have a will, they're kind of, you 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 attorneys go in with the families and yeah. say, okay, this is what we think mom wanted, or this is what we think dad wanted. No, not even. Oh, like you if, don't. No, okay. not even. So if there is a will, that 
should say what your wishes are. Okay. Okay. Um, we run into a lot of problems with those yeah. simply because um, there, there's a lot of people try to do it themselves right. and don't quite get everything in there that needs to be in there. Yeah. And so if something's missing, it can actually put a bigger monkey wrench than, than people realize. But okay. anyway, you got to file that. And what really is annoying about the probate system is when you file it, everybody, there's this whole group of people in your life, whether you want them to or not, who are entitled to a copy of it and oh. to a copy of everything that you owned while you were alive. Okay. So they're entitled to all this private information that then mm -hmm. gets put also on the court record, which right. is a public record. Yep. And what they get with that is this invitation from the court that says, would you like to contest this? Mm. And in Arizona, it's really super simple to contest it. You basically just lob a grenade and now the whole thing's contested. Right. Okay. And so if, but at least if you had a will, your wishes were known. Okay. Okay. If you don't have a will, your family is just going to fall at the whim of the court. Yeah. There's default rules about what's going to happen and where your state's going to go. Okay. Even if you have somebody come in, you know, the most honest and highest integrity person who says, I swear this is what mom wanted doesn't matter. It has to go according to the probate rules, yep, right? Yep. And in in a lot of circumstances, that is not what you would expect. Right. And um, especially in blended families, right. it is completely contrary to common yeah. sense in, yep. in those cases. So. Yeah, blended families are big out here because yeah. we do have a lot of winter visitors and a totally. lot of them do get remarried after their spouses have passed away and yeah. a lot of them don't do prenups which they really should but yeah. they come from an era where they didn't have to right and they don't think about it usually so that's i've had a few of those situations yeah. as well so yeah. we had one where um uh the the couple didn't get remarried mm -hmm. because um for a bunch of reasons they right. just wanted to uh, join as a partnership but didn't get married and when one of them passed away the family members of that one kicked her out of the house, evicted mm. her, basically made her life a, a nightmare. Yeah. And I've had that situation too, actually. It was just hideous. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, you know, even if you're not going to get married, you got to put together Something. a plan that right. says, hey, you can stay in the house, you, you know, whatever. So even non-married seniors can, can have a, a trust together so that they have or some sort of written yeah. document yeah there's there's a written plan they don't get a trust together but they do plan together okay and that way you know if one goes before the other you just don't know who's going to go first kind of right. a thing the survivor isn't left completely you know right. out, out in the cold okay yeah. okay yeah. so so that also brings me we've done a lot of guardianships together yeah. and guardianships are you tell us what a guardianship is for like seniors specifically. Yeah. yeah. So when when we when we have uh, folks who are aging, you know, into that uh, what our, our firm we call that legacy and care stage of okay. life, right? Um, that's when they're starting to need a little bit of help, you right. know, maybe um, one of the spouses or if they're not married, maybe one of the kids is starting to help with just, you know, making sure doctor's appointments are arranged and, you know, the bills are getting paid. Things right. are just in order, right? Right. There comes a time or there can come a time where it gets to the point where mom or dad can't make decisions anymore. Okay. And the doctor says, like, look, it's either a, due to a stroke or mm -hmm. dementia or something yep. where we need somebody else to be making decisions. Okay. Uh, they're missing the bills. They're not really understanding the finances. Right. They're at 
risk of people taking advantage of them, unfortunately. Uh, yes. Yep. Um, and so we really got to get somebody else who's who's helping, right? And can can protect them from from being exploited, basically, right. is what it right. is. Right. Um, so if if mom or dad doesn't have everything perfectly in order at that point, right? Then what can happen, and this is these are the things you're referring to, is is you know the the daughter will go over to the bank and say, hey. Uh, you know, I need to make sure mom and dad's accounts are all under my name. I'm the POA or I'm whatever. Right. And if the bank doesn't approve whatever legal documents you present. Right. Then they are allowed and they're actually kind of required under Arizona law to freeze the accounts. Yeah. And that's the scary moment because then now all of a sudden the money's cut off. Right. And what they'll do is they'll freeze the accounts and they'll say, you need to go get a court order. Right. And that court order is the guardianship process. Right. Okay. So in Arizona, that gets triggered in two circumstances. Okay. Number one, if you don't have any of this stuff in place at all. Okay. Right. You don't have power of attorneys. You don't have a trust. If you have a will, that doesn't help because okay. that only triggers when you die. Oh, okay. okay. Oh, that's good to know. Okay, right? I did not so know that. Okay. Only triggers when you die. And then also, even if you have everybody named as beneficiaries on all your accounts and stuff, okay. that doesn't help either because that only triggers oh. when you die. I did not no. realize I that. I know, right? It's like we think, no, I've got about beneficiaries on everything. Right. But the whole concept of beneficiary is I have to die first. Right. Okay. That makes sense. So if we're in that legacy care stage, right. I haven't died yet. I just need help. Right. You know, I just need help. Or, or I've me. got dementia and I can't yeah. make those decisions. i got dementia. Yep. I, I've got Alzheimer's. I can't make those decisions. I don't understand. I need my, my son, my daughter's, right. my spouse's help. Right. Then... That stuff doesn't help. You know, right. beneficiaries doesn't help. A will doesn't help. Right. Even a trust won't help if everything's not funded into your trust, right. which that, is a whole yep. other discussion. We'll, yep. talk, we'll get to that. Then, so if you don't have that stuff in place, then that's when the bank or the title company yep. will say this thing is frozen. Nobody can cash it out. Nobody can liquidate it. Nobody right. can sell it. You got to go get a court order. Right. The other time it comes up is when you do have those documents in place, okay. but they're old. Oh. This is the gray area okay. of the law in Arizona. Okay. There's no law that says what is too old. So Interesting. Unfortunately, I get the my everyone asks me, "Well, what's too old?" and there's right. no law. Nobody tells us. Okay. So we have to go off our experience and what industry kind of practice tells us. Right. And after, you know, going through about the last decade of of helping clients with this, my real opinion is like a year is too old, mm -hmm. you know, and it's not that you have to update everything every right. year, but you got to have somebody who's standing behind your right. documents that's going to be able to come out and say, no, this is valid right. under Arizona law. Right. And so we recommend at least an annual checkup. Like I everything totally in our agree life. with that. <laughs> you know, just an annual checkup, yeah. right? Get an annual checkup. Have and don't behind. you think too that um, I know a few years ago, maybe it was a little bit longer the rule sometimes the rules change yeah. and people don't yep. know it yep. so that's when going to your attorney and getting it yeah. just checked every year kind of okay this has changed but this is the same totally. and, and that kind of a thing totally and and so what happens when they're old even if you have a valid power of attorney okay. like even one you know i drafted right right i know it's valid right if you you can take it and walk it into a bank and okay. say, I'm power of attorney for mom or dad. 
the bank has there's no law in Arizona that says they have to honor it. Mm, okay. Okay. So you could walk in, it's perfectly valid, you give it to the bank, and the bank has a they have some legal obligation to kind of assess the situation. Okay. Or even they don't even assess. They just say, you know what, we don't want to honor it because you're not our customer oh. and we've never met you before, Lydia. You're coming in with power of attorney for mom or dad and you're saying cash out her accounts. We yeah. feel a little uncertain about yeah, that, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay, I don't blame them. <laughs> right, I don't either. Which, But then it's like, well, how do we take care of mom or dad, right? Because right. what happens if they do that is they freeze the accounts. Everything, yep. And then you're stuck. You have no choice but to go to court and get a guardianship. Right. And okay. So here's what the guardianship is. It's, and you know this, but just for your listeners, it's this gigantic. So probate after death is bad. Right. Guardianships are infinitely worse. Yeah, I agree they with that. <laughs> infinitely worse. So in our office, we call that the second probate that nobody knows about. Right. That people don't know about. Because it goes through the probate it's court. It's the same court. It's okay. the same division in, in Arizona okay. that handles these. So you have to literally file a lawsuit against your mom, your dad, mm. your husband, your spouse, your wife, whoever it is right. that has the diminished capacity. Right. You have to literally sue them. Okay. The court appoints an attorney for them. Right. Off of some random list. Okay. And then now you're going to court saying, Your Honor, Judge, please let me take control of their finances or their health or whatever right. it is. Okay. And now the attorney on for the court is only for the person who is in need of the guardianship, yeah. right? Okay. Yep. yep. So they both, only represent them. both parties need to have their own yeah. attorneys. Yeah. And that's why it's yeah. even worse than... It gets so expensive. Yeah. And then what happens, like, like all attorneys are governed by the same rules of ethics and stuff. Right. We are, everybody knows, we're hired guns, right? right. We have to do what our clients tell us. Right. Well, imagine if you have a crazy person telling their lawyer what they want. Mm, okay. So not that not that our parents get crazy, but somebody with dementia gets confused right. easily. Absolutely. Yeah. And we ha we've had multiple cases where the court appointed attorney um, has to do what their client is asking. Right. And one of the things that has happened is the the dad in one example he heard what he heard was happening was my daughter was going to lock me up in a memory mm -hmm. care facility. Mm -hmm. My daughter was going to take over all my finances. My daughter right. was going to take control away from me of everything. Yeah. And so he told his attorney, I want to object. I want to contest this. I want to fight this. Okay. And this was a father daughter who've been close their whole right. life. She's been taking care of him for years. Just got to the point where, um, where one of the, uh, the home that she needed to move him into said, I'm sorry, his documents are too old. You don't have the mental health powers right. that are needed in yep. Arizona. So they required her to get guardianship. Then it turned into nine months of litigation uh, between daughter and dad. Cost that family over $60,000 in yep. fees. And it was a nightmare. Yeah. And, you know, eventually the court agreed with her right. and gave her the power to and, police. And in that process, they probably, don't they also have an investigator separate from yeah. the attorneys to do yeah. kind of a... Um, yep, like a social worker yeah, type investigation. Yeah, because yep. I, I was told years ago by one court that they don't want to, or actually I had to call... Um, uh, Department of uh, Adult Protective Services with someone yep. who didn't have a spouse anymore and the neighbors were starting to get involved and it, it was yep. a little scary situation yep. because one of them had um, the 
power to sign off on all of her bank accounts. Oh, boy, yeah. And um, so we had to call Adult Protective Services. And what they told me at the time was, we're basically, to go through this guardianship, we're taking people, someone's right away, yeah. rights away. So we're not just going to take them willy-nilly away. They have to go through a, a um, like an investigation to find out, is that person really capable yeah. of doing yeah, what are their limitations? Yeah. So the Arizona law requires the guardianship to use the least restrictive means. Okay. So if somebody, you know, dementia and all these illnesses, they're a scale, it's a spectrum. Right. Because so, other things can cause um, yeah. dementia, strokes right. and heart attacks. And exactly. There's many different. Lots of things. Yeah. So, yes, if somebody has the ability to still make some decisions, they're going to allow them to do that. Okay. It'll depend. So there's a medical report and an investigator's report okay. that will come back with those recommendations. Okay. And all of that gets taken into consideration by the judge. Right. The judge makes the final ruling. And then that's the day when you now have authority to act, either okay. take care of them you know, at, at their medical and their right. living arrangements or take care of their finances. Right. Um, the second big piece of guardianships that's why they are worse than the other probates okay. is because once you get appointed, mm -hmm. once you get the court authority, that's now your anniversary date with the court. And every year after that, you have to file a report showing you're in compliance of taking oh. care of this person. So the person who becomes the guardian for that person in mm -hmm. their family or or whatever they it's it's a very serious position that they're yeah. that they're in yeah so and i don't think people realize that it's yeah. not just signing off on doctor's appointments yeah, and no. signing off on the listing no. agreement to sell the house it's a lot more entailed than that it is you okay. are you become a fiduciary with all the legal obligations of doing everything that's in their best interest right while ignoring your own best interest right and so and you have liability to do the job correctly gotcha um so you know it, it it's more than just being a son or daughter or right. a husband or wife, you're now liable to the court to do the job correctly. Mm -hmm. And one of those things that helps keep that accountable is the annual report. And okay. that, the annual report uh, is not a simple process. Okay. You have to prove every penny in, every penny out, how oh. it was spent. You literally have to reconcile your your in their entire financial world all year right. long. It's a gigantic process that can cost thousands of dollars every right. single year. Wow. And, and, you know, you have to keep better track of their finances than most people do for do, themselves. Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So you need to be very organized yeah. and make sure all the every penny is accounted it for. Because it literally has to reconcile to the bank yeah. statements. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I, I knew that, but I didn't realize it was that but that does make sense because you are now taking care of that person's expenses. So I mean, the court has literally said we're taking away their civil rights. Right. They're no longer a free person. Right. I mean, we're the land of the free, right? Right. So when our court, when our government takes that right away. Right. It has to impose some big obligations right. to be accountable for this. Right. Our probate system in Arizona has gotten a pretty bad rap about this. A few years ago, huge investigation oh. um, that just showed all kinds of abuses. Right. Some new rules in place. Us lawyers who are in this industry aren't sure that the rules are much better now. Mm. We still see lots and lots and lots of abuse. Yeah. It's just I a actually system. see it, and I'm not an attorney, so I can't yeah. even imagine what you see. It's so. just a system that <laughs> yeah. is 
you want to avoid. Yeah, definitely. So that then brings us into estate planning. That is the best ideal situation. And I don't think people realize that um, having a trust in place or having a good estate planning attorney to put that in place can eliminate all of these issues that we just talked about. So um, tell us what goes into estate planning and what what are things we should look for and that kind of thing. So estate planning in and of itself is a word that kind of is reserved for the rich, right? Okay. Um, or at least that's what... That's the that's the impression. Common, that's right. the common impression. Yep. And, you know, yeah, there are definite estate planning strategies that okay. are only relevant for the wealthy. Okay. Okay. What I'm going to mostly focus on is estate planning kind of for the rest of us. And I think we definitely need that's, to because a lot of people, when, you, when, when I do talks for my clients, I always, or when we sell a house and we close, I always remind them right then and there, now make sure I give them the attorney name and yeah. I say, make sure you talk to Francisco so you get your trust yeah. in place because now that you've bought this three New or $400,000 yeah. house, you don't want it to go through probate. Yeah. And, and I even tell that to like my first time home buyers that are young. Absolutely. And they think, oh, I don't need that. Oh, I don't need but that. they don't realize no. that even the young can pass just away. I just heard a story of so, I mean, these things happen every day. You know, yeah. a young gal in her 20s just dropped over dead. Yeah. I mean, these things happen. And, yes. And it's, it's the worst case scenario. Nobody wants this. Um, but yeah, so estate planning kind of for the rest of us, it, it, these are the things that are necessary at any stage of life. So okay. on our website, we kind of break it down into five different stages. Okay. Okay. There's the new adults who are literally just turning 18 and going off to college kind yep. of a thing. And that is huge. So, you know, if you're in Chandler, come to one of our workshops. We do it at all the Chandler High School yep. for, uh, for the, the seniors going off. We give them free legal documents, help them get them done, blah, blah, blah. So um, since I have... All my kids are over 18, and we've done all that. Um, I want the listeners to understand that when you've got kids that are turning 18, if you don't have these documents in place yeah. and something happens to them and they go and they're in yeah. an accident and they're, there's a coma or, you know, yeah. you as a parent, even though you are the parent, you cannot make those decisions without these no, documents. You're 100% cut off. Federal HIPAA law requires their records to be confidential. Yep. And if they don't give you prior written legal permission, right. you have no access to know what hospital they're in, yep. to know what happened. Wow. Nothing. And I, I didn't mean, realize it was that a, bad. I knew a, it was difficult. There's a mom here in Chandler sent her daughter off to college back in the Midwest. Okay. Didn't find out her daughter was in the emergency room until three days later. <gasps> Oh my gosh. Literally, because, and the only way she found out was because the doctor decided, I'm going to break HIPAA law and let this mom know because, my gosh, somebody needs to know. Yeah. I mean, thank God that the doctor did so. Yep. Um, But yeah, so they turn 18, they've got to sign the medical releases and and nominating the parents. That's the first stage of life. The next stage of life is when um, you get married. Okay. Okay. Things change. You got to get some legal documents in place there. Yeah. I'm going to skip through a couple of these because we won't have time for all of them. Okay. The next stage is when you're an empty nester, right? Oh, Sending kids yeah. off to college. Yeah. Stuff changes. That's true. Got to update at that point. Okay. And at that point, we're, if we're not already, we're definitely looking at a living trust yep. with all the other things that I'll go through here. But okay. then retirement. Okay. Right. Retirement is the big trigger for most people to finally buckle down and say, I'm going to take this seriously and get a real plan done. Right. Fine. Great. Good time to do it. Uh, about 60, 65 years old. It's a good thing to do a couple years before retirement. Okay. Because 
if you do it at retirement, sometimes you've already made some decisions that are mm. irrevocable. That's actually a good idea. Yeah. So start looking at this a couple years of before because right. some of the decisions you have to make, you might have made some bad decisions. So when you say some decisions, are you talking um, decisions on Social Security and yep. Medicare? Social Security, Medicare. Okay. So so your retirement plan, oh, yeah. your, your medical 401Ks, benefits, your 401k yep. plans, um, some of the other benefits that you get at work. You know, we have a lot of clients that have stock option plans at work, right. they yep. have deferred compensation plans at work. Oh, All these I didn't things, even think about those. They have big choices right. that you got to take into consideration before you retire a lot of yeah, times. Yeah, that's true. So before retirement is the real big phase we help a lot of clients okay. get this done. Um, at that point, we're and you, when you say that you're, you're basically putting a game plan together yeah. for them yeah. besides all the documents that they need. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. This is like, okay, best case scenario and worst case scenario. Okay. Best case scenario is we're going to retire and have the life of our dreams, right. you know, travel, go on adventures, yep. take care of our grandkids, you know, do all yep. the fun stuff we've been finally waiting Working to do, for. <laughs> you know, yes, exactly. not and not run out of money right. the rest of our life. Exactly. And then worst case scenario, you know, if everything falls apart and we both have, you know, strokes and die well or whatever, right. Right, the or worst cancer case scenario, or whatever, or cancer, something yeah. terrible happens. At least you've left this amazing legacy for your okay. family, and and they're going to remember you for what you wanted them to remember right. you for. So we're looking at both of those. Okay. The retirement plan is done with a, what we call a retirement map. Okay. Just maps out your retirement, puts all the pieces together, gives you all the tax strategies and everything. Okay. And then the estate plan helps to put together all the legacy stuff. Oh, okay. So as part of that, so I'm going to focus on the estate plan. We're okay. doing, we're usually doing a living trust. Okay. What's cool in Arizona is they're really simple to set up. Okay. And they're also um, very easy to keep up to date. Okay. okay. That's necessary. With that, you're going to do a durable power of attorney, healthcare power of attorney, mental healthcare power of attorney, HIPAA authorizations, living wills, all those legal documents. There's usually about 18 documents that go into that. Okay. And that's where I think people don't realize that they need all of those different documents for any kind of medical situation yep. or yeah, we, just we're everything. one of the, we're one of the first few states that has the mental yeah and um that's if someone does have alzheimer's or dementia of some yeah. kind that kind of yeah it's those so, kinds of decisions okay it's the type of decisions where you're going to need to seek treatment from a psychologist a psychiatrist okay. neuropsychologist something where they may need to be admitted for right. the cognitive okay. disease okay that's gotcha. the mental health powers okay um, so all of those different documents are usually part of a trust package, right? right? Okay. So we package it. Uh, most firms will package it in kind of everything all in one. Right. Um, ours has 18 documents in the basic set. Right. Um, one of the things that I can't overemphasize, I cannot overemphasize, we could do, I, I could teach, you know, days of courses on this, is that the, the, the trust is taking the place of your will. Okay. But it is not ever going to work. It's never going to avoid all these probate nightmares we just talked about. Yeah. Unless you get all your bank accounts, your real estate, your assets, your beneficiaries. Yep. Funded and retitled and registered with your trust name. Yep. Okay. Yep. That whole thing is, is it's got to be done. Yeah. So I, we have so many probate cases yeah. where there was a trust but a lot of it wasn't put in that it trust. It wasn't put in the trust. So I deal with that a lot with our winter visitors. So they will have their trust in another state, mm -hmm. and then they come here and buy a second home, and they're usually only here for a couple months, and then all of a sudden 
they're now living yeah. here full time mm-hmm. and um, they never put the house here in the trust. So now we're dealing with probate courts here yeah. to see, you know, yeah, what. Yeah, to get it back to the kids or whatever. Yep. Yeah, yep. no, even if You probably if it's deal with a lot of that all too. The time, yeah. <laughs> even, if, even if you've got a trust from a, another state and you're only a temporary resident here, uh-huh. Put this one in your trust. There's no problem. Put your Arizona okay. properties in the name of your trust. If you open a local bank account here, put that in your trust. Mm. That and keeps, that, that keeps that it out of probate. Is that something good for – would a winter visitor need to come see you to kind of make sure all the Arizona items are taken care Absolutely, of Absolutely, well? because okay. they may need to deal with the mental health power of yep. attorney here. Because yep. if there's an emergency while they're here, yeah. right, you got to have the, the local stuff. Yep. Yep. So, yeah, definitely. Um, okay. One of the things to so so those are all the pieces of the estate plan and okay. and getting your stuff registered into that trust is the critical like f- like like uh, icing on the cake right right that's like uh, that's like uh, putting the gasoline in the car okay right buying a car is nice if it's just a showpiece you don't need gas <laughs> if you're gonna drive this thing and live life you better put some gas in it right exactly you gotta do that so if you're not getting that done okay in the process of getting your trust done yep you're buying an empty car. Right. You're buying a car with no tires, right? They're just not telling you it doesn't have tires. Right. What we see a lot of times is folks will, um, they'll promise and they'll commit and they'll say, I'll do it. I promise I'll do it. I promise I'll do it. One of the things we always do is we check up on our clients and some of you clients out there, I know you're listening. (laughs) You still haven't done it. And so we're coming after you. No, but we check up and we make sure it's done. Um, but in all reality, you've got to be held accountable again. Right. That time. And, and it's good to, that you do follow up because I do see a lot of that where there was a trust put in place, but yeah. they are missing yeah. like the house isn't in it or yeah. the bank accounts bank aren't accounts in it. Or the investments. I, or... Yeah. I had a lady who had to go through probate. Actually, you guys helped her. Um, she had everything taken care of except the bank account and her dad yeah. had $1,200 uh. and she's like, do you have to go through probate? I go, yeah, (laughs) Yeah, unfortunately you do. (laughs) It sucks. (laughs) Luckily for dollar values, there's a little for like that. There's simpler procedures, but it's still, it's like, are you kidding? It's still, I know exactly. She's like, I don't even, it's not even worth my my, (laughs) My time. Yeah. And I'm like, you have to do it because you can't just leave it in the bank account. I mean, it's going to go to the state of Arizona. (laughs) Yeah. Don't just ignore it. So that's, those are the basic pieces. Okay. What I'll I just want everybody to know, too, is that there's a whole nother level. I shouldn't say level. There's a whole nother thing to be aware about with okay. all of this is something that happens all too often is you'll go get this done. You'll even get it funded and everything registered into your accounts. And then years go by. Right. Yep. It was really important to get this done at the time and you did a great job and you got it done. And then life happens. Right. You know, a year goes by, three years go by, five years go by, 10 years go by. When that happens, your family's going to end up with a mess. Yeah. And the biggest problem in my industry is that the professionals who do these plans mm-hmm. aren't held, aren't, aren't required to follow up with you. They're not required mm. to help you keep your stuff up to okay. date. And in fact, they will have you sign something that says we're not responsible for that. Mm. And it's a, it, I think that's why our probate system is so bad. Right. Is because it, because we're not held to that standard. Right. And they're not being followed. They're not following up with their attorneys not, on a regular right, basis. Right. Nobody wants yeah. to. You we would exactly. avoid the attorney, exactly. right? <laughs> I mean, you don't go to the dentist unless they schedule your appointment next right. year in advance, right? <laughs> 
That's right. And attorneys, we just don't do that. Right. And so the family ends up going to probate and then the attorneys get all the probate fees. Right. right? It's a big nightmare. Yep. So we do the complete opposite. Yep. We give our clients what we call a 10x no probate guarantee. We are now required to follow up with you okay. and make sure your plan works. And that's the one thing Look I like about that. you because yeah. there's not a lot of attorneys that do have no. that type of program. So real quickly, tell us what that program entails. No, that basically means if you go, if your fan, family ends up in probate, mm-hmm. we pay the first probate fees. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so with that, you, because you have that guarantee, yeah. you require your clients to come back every yeah, so, so we check months. up on you every yep. year or or throughout the year, right? I mean, we right. check up on you at least once a year. We're going right. to have a conversation to say because what's up. Because things change. Babies are born, yeah, grandkids. People move. Yep. You you fire your financial advisor. You you know your your children move careers. They get married. They get divorced. Somebody yep. has a medical issue. Yeah. You know, or nothing changes in your life. But you know, right now we're tracking two humongous legal changes that are pending. Okay. One at the state level, one at the federal level. Okay. And if the law changes, you right. better get that wrapped up into your documents, right? right? So, right. and if if there's a legal change, then we get the into our clients' right. plans as well. And that's what I that's what I like about your you and your law firm. You have the way you have planned out your. Uh, process there at the law firm, it it guarantees that yeah. not only are they going to have the correct documents, but they are going to be checked on a regular yeah. basis. And and people don't, I don't think they realize how really important that is Bec- until until they pass away, and then the family's kind of like scratching late. their head, like, well, why do we have to go through probate? Because mom and dad, here's another misunderstanding yep. too that you probably hear a lot of. So I hear a, a lot of people go through probate because mom and somebody in the family got sick. They went to the hospital and the hospital makes them sign a um, medical power of attorney. Mm-hmm. And they think in their head, oh, I'm taking, I've got the power uh, yep. of attorney and I'm okay. I took care of it. I took care of it. But then they pass away and they don't realize that the trust, when power of attorney is only good for when someone's alive and then the trust takes over when someone passes away correct so then this happens to me all the time (laughs) i get the call saying um i've got to sell mom's house or i've got to sell dad's house and then i find out that they don't because the first thing i have to do is find out if they have a trust as well because they legally can't sign a listing agreement with me unless they're the ones that the court has yeah. yeah the court has said yes you are the one in charge of taking care of these things. And I think a lot of a real estate agents don't realize that. And they just sign these documents and throw things on the market. And they could get in trouble you later bet. on for, for that situation. But um, but that's what I find a lot of when I'm talking to folks when they're trying to sell their home mm-hmm. is that they say, oh, yeah, yeah, I have a trust. And I look up on the tax records and I don't see the houses in a trust. Mm-hmm. So when I go and actually meet with them face to face and I kind of dive in a little deeper, I find out that they really didn't have a trust, but they had a uh, power of attorney. And that's uh, probably my biggest, as a real estate agent, I see that more than really? anything. Yeah. So they have a power of attorney, yep. then mom or dad dies, and they kind of think the power of attorney keeps going. Exactly. Yeah. So and it completely ends immediately when somebody dies. And the trust takes over. Yeah. The power of attorney has no authority after death. Zero. Nothing. Not okay. a... And if there was a trust, great, you know, right. if it's owned by the trust, okay. then you can, you know, sell the house. If it wasn't owned by the trust, then you're, you're headed to probate. Yep. And, but yeah, no, uh, you can't. So what, and the, the next layer of that is if somebody signs something at the hospital pointing, you know, 
you know, you're in the hospital, you sign that document. Um, those documents that you sign in the hospital are usually only valid in that hospital oh. for that particular stay. Oh, that's actually good to know because that I did not know. Yeah, usually okay. you walk out of the hospital and it's not you can't take that to another hospital to your doctor. Or to another doctor. No, they're yeah. gonna they're gonna say this was good while you were at that hospital. Yeah, and the hospitals do that to protect themselves. I mean, oh, you bet. They, it's not that it's not they want to make sure that they're going to get paid for that surgery yeah. or whatever that stay is. And, and so. they don't want to be making decisions without legal right. authority. Yeah. So yeah, they you know first thing you go in there, they're going to have you appoint someone, yep. which is good. I'm glad they do that. It, it yeah. protects the family from, you know, them making decisions, right. from the hospital making decisions right. for you. you got a family member making right. decisions. Right, absolutely. So, but, yeah, it's only it's very limited how far those yeah. are going to work. Yeah. So um, we need to have you come back because you have so much information. <laughs> Happy, to. Yeah. Happy to. <laughs> and especially when some of the things that you are talking about are changing with legislation. We yeah. definitely want you to come back and kind of give us an update cool. on that, too. Happy so. To. I know what I like about your office is you do a lot of free workshops for people to just hear what yeah, what's out there. Absolutely. And um, so tell us when can someone come? I Obviously, they can come and call you at the office. But um, if they want to come to one of your free workshops, what's the best way to sign up for that? Um, so we got a couple different ways. You can jump right on our website. Okay. Our website has the upcoming dates. It's, and the website is? is KeystoneLawFirm.com. Okay. And we'll put that link on the, on the, the notes. site too. Awesome. Yeah. So it's just KeystoneLawFirm.com. You go to the events page and right there you can just register. Okay. Um, we've got two coming up next week, okay. December 4th, which is a Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. We've got an evening one for folks who are working. And then we have a Saturday one next Saturday, December 7th okay. at 10.30 a.m. We're testing the Saturday version out okay. here. We don't typically do Saturdays, okay. but, you know, we've had enough people say, I can't make it because I work or whatever. Right. So we're, we're doing a right. little Saturday thing. Um, and you can you just jump on our website or you can call the office. Okay. The phone number there is 480 480- 209-6942 okay. and my my team would be happy to get you registered. If you okay. call after hours, you'll talk to the after hours service and just let them know you want to sign up for one of those uh, okay, one perfect. of those seminar dates. And what's nice about having your um, events next week is everybody's going to be meeting with their family for yeah. Thanksgiving this week. Yeah. So it, it this would be a good time for you to talk to yeah. your family and say, you know, we really need to put this together. Yeah. And um, I think it's good to include the family. I know some I do people too. don't. I but, know. Um, you know, and some family dynamics are just um, different to where that right. wouldn't be appropriate. If you can, we love having family involved and, and it just makes for a much better plan overall. Yeah. But this weekend, I mean, Thanksgiving, right? This is the time. If you're in your 50s or 60s, this is the time to stare your parents in the eyes yep. long and hard yep. and say, is this taken care of? Right. And if it's not... Literally, this is the best time to get it done yeah. before the new year for a bunch of reasons. Yeah. Because the family's usually around, yep. already talking about this stuff. And um, and the new year comes with all kinds of other resolutions yep. that are usually more important. Yep. And so get these done before yeah, then. Yeah, I right? agree. Yeah. And I think this is the perfect time to get it set up and to talk to the family. Yeah, but I, too, I, I think it's really, really important that 50 and 60 year old needs to actually take their parents to yeah. one of the yeah. um, one of the events that you have because yep. it everybody hears the same thing yep. and if they if the if the parents don't want 
the kids involved in it, it's okay. Take them to the event. Let them hear what the, what you have to say. Yeah. And then at that point, they can go in a private room totally. with you or one of your attorneys, and you can get all of those documents put together. Yeah. So. And our event, you know, what we do at our workshops is really low-key, casual. You've been to a bunch of yep. them. I basically just go through tons of education about what all this yep. stuff is, how it works, you know, how does a trust work in more detail? How does a, you know, all these things, just how do they work? We talk about... Um, you know, what are, we even talk about what our costs and prices are for different services. You know, right. as a flat fee firm, we don't hide behind any of that. Right. And so everything's So they know what they're getting right yeah. up front, which is really the right. best way. Yeah. And I, what I try to tell folks is um, a lot of them will say, well, I can't afford it. And I will tell them this. If you can't afford it now, it's going to be a whole lot worse if you have to go through a guardianship Absolutely. or it, it's, a probate. It's one of these things that, you know, when it's done right, it's a one-time cost. Right. And it's really, you got to look at it as I'm spending this to protect everything. Yep. And with the reality that a guardianship, I mean, one guardianship case, even if it's not contested, the fees are twenty to $30,000. Yep. Just one guardianship can be devastating. Yep. But if you have a if you have one that gets contested, forget right. it, right? Or if you have to do a guardianship for both parents, Ugh. that's double the amount. So we, we've you know, had to do those. I I know. So so it's it's, terrible. it's so important for yeah. folks to get everything in order. Yeah. So I definitely yeah. I highly recommend going to one of the events or getting into your office if yeah. they don't wanna if they just want to get you it done. Bet. If if yeah. if you don't want to come to a group setting, that's totally fine. Just call our office You'll do and one we'll schedule one. an appointment. Yep. You bet. Yep. Absolutely. Okay. We're happy to do that. Okay, good. Well, thanks, Francisco, for coming My in. Pleasure. We will definitely have you back because it's that important to get updates on occasion and you can give us all the latest and greatest yeah, on what's going on. To. So Thanks for having yeah, me. Yeah, well, thank you. And thanks for um, being on, on the show with us. And we will see you next week with Solving Life's Next Chapter.